Jesus. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to talk about children obey your parents. Your mama asked me to preach this to you. Um, Actually, last week we had a word to parents, today a word to children. Y'all know the trick on that, right? Not everybody is a parent, but... Man, everybody has parents. Everybody, everybody is a child or relates as a child to parents. And so that's why we're going to start there. We're in the middle of kind of an orange series. Around Woodburn, we use the color orange to talk about and think about children's ministry, student ministry, because uh, orange is what happens when you put two primary things together, the color red and the color yellow. So children's ministry for us is what you get when you combine two primary things, the church and the family. Church and family come alongside one another, and we work together to accomplish the goals of family. But what we really haven't done yet is to find the word family. So what is a family? Somebody tell me, what is family? Some of the people in your pew are a little alarmed that you don't know exactly what family is. What, what is family? I mean, Sister Sledge, way back in the 70s, said, we are family. But were we? Were we? Do you even know Sister Sledge? Do you know any of those girls? They had their sisters with them, but you haven't seen your sister in 12 years. So, so what does it mean to say we are family? What is family? Any ideas? Can somebody tell me anything? You do life together. People you do life with. Yeah. So family is people you do life with. Well, as it turns out, some of you are closer to me than actual family members. I have aunts, uncles, and cousins who live in Matlock that I never see. But I, I see some of you multiple times a week. And I love you guys. And honestly, no offense, cousins. I would trade you all for half of them. I'd rather have y'all. I mean, seriously, some of you, my church family, I've known you for decades now. You're very, very important to me. You are family to me. But are you? What is family? Sometimes we say family are those you're united by blood to, but then there is adoption, all kinds of ways that we can become family outside of being born into a family. Family's complicated when you stop to think about it. What is family? Yeah, the people God has put together. That's interesting. The people God brings together to do life together. Yeah, I, I, I would say it this way. Do I have slides going from back there? Okay, I don't have slides back there. So guess what? We won't have slides up here either, uh, but we will make it through. I would define it this way. A family is a group of individuals bound together by a commitment to care for one another from birth to death. Family is a group of individuals bound together by a commitment to care for one another from birth to death. It's, we would say, designed by God. I think God brings us into one another's life. God is the one that makes us families. The book of Psalms says that. God brings us together into families. There is a commitment with family that's different. And it's a commitment that lasts from birth until death. You know how they say sometimes that the family are the people who have to take you in when nobody else does. It's that commitment to care for one another from birth until death, all the way through the cycle of life. Now, interestingly, according to Scripture, inside a family, God gives a very particular role, a very special role to parents. God gives a special role to parents. As a matter of fact, God gives two parents authority. Now, what is authority? We defined authority a couple of weeks ago in the Sermon on the Mount talking about Jesus having authority 
Parents don't have all the authority that Jesus has, but Jesus shares some of his authority with parents, which means what about parents? They have the right, they have the privilege, they are in the position to tell you what to do, and in some cases, how to think. Your parents have that position, that privilege, and it's given to them by God. They are allowed to tell you what to do, and even in some cases, what to think. This is how God designs it. Parents have authority, ultimate authority in some ways in the family, because children are vulnerable. You ever brought a baby home from the hospital? There is nothing more helpless than a baby brought home in the mother's arms. And so God has given the parents the responsibility, ultimate responsibility for that child. We have to keep the kid alive. We have to keep the kid, you you know, from running out into the street. We have to keep the kid from getting kicked by a horse on the farm. I mean, you understand? Parents have this ultimate responsibility. And so, therefore, they're given that important authority. They're given ultimate responsibility because children are ultimately vulnerable. So what that means is, as a child, your parents have taken very seriously, I assume, their responsibility to care for you. And so since they're taking their responsibility to care for you seriously, you have to take very, very seriously your obligation to obey them. Understand how that works? They have authority over you, which means you obey them. I'm talking to everybody. All the parents want to bring their kids to the front row right now. You obey your parents. It just makes sense. When you were very, very small, just to give you a little bit of example, you don't remember this, but your parents do. You had a really bad habit of putting stuff in your mouth. Every kid does. Every kid. You go through a stage where if you see something you, and you can get your little fat, chubby fingers on it, it will go in your mouth. It doesn't matter what it is. You will take food out of the dog's bowl, put it in your mouth. You know, our son used to go over to the commode and swish his hand around in the water. I mean, you know, I mean, you just got to watch them at, at all times. If it goes in their hands, it goes in their mouth. Food, I mean, loose change. Kids eat money. Like all the time, ask the people in the ER. You know, kids just, I don't know what it is about a quarter. You know, you know kids just eat change. They drink bleach right out of the jug. I mean, I mean, this is what kids do. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And so your parents are the ones who told you what not to put in your mouth. It was very important that you listen, very important that you obey. They were literally keeping you alive. You owe them a little bit of gratitude here. You you understand? This is very, very important. And it's just simply the way the world works. When you were beginning to walk, as a toddler, they taught you not to walk out into the street. They were protecting you from oncoming traffic. It was very, very important that you learn to listen to them and obey them without having to be told twice. Understand? Because if you're the kid that has to be told twice or three times and there's an oncoming city bus coming, you know, it's not going to work out good for you. That's why instant obedience is important. They shouldn't have to tell you twice. You know, when there's a bus coming down the road and they're saying, get out of the street, they don't have time for that. Don't make me count to three. You know, by the time to get to three, you're going to be with Jesus. (laughs) Instant obedience, but because your life can be at stake. And as you grow, your parents continue to give you wise counsel. And the very, very best of parents, they use their authority very wisely. And the wisest of children, they learn how to obey. Your parents encourage you to wear a bicycle helmet. It's just wisdom there. They like to see you do well on the ACT. 
You understand? So wear your helmet. Your parents encourage you later to, to drive carefully, not to text and drive. Do you understand? They have this authority because they have an ultimate responsibility to care for you. So very, very simply, very simply, God expects your parents to care for you. Therefore, God expects you to obey your parents. This takes us to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Just a couple of verses today. God expects your parents to care for you. Therefore, God expects you to obey. Let's read these verses. Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Two reasons in verse 1. Do you see that? Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord and because this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. Now we're quoting. We're quoting from what? The Ten Commandments. And honor your father and mother is the fifth commandment. All right? Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. And truthfully, when you read back in the book of Exodus, the Ten Commandments are listed. The fifth commandment is the first commandment that comes joined together with a promise. And what's the promise? If you honor your father and mother... Things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Why is that so hard? It's hard when you're little, and it doesn't get any easier, does it? I'm very aware of the fact that today almost nobody wants to hear this sermon. Kids don't want to hear this, you know. And the thing is, the older we get, sometimes the more complicated it becomes in trying to figure out how to honor your parents. This isn't easy. It isn't easy, I think, for, for one very, very simple thing that we really can't ever acknowledge, and that is simply this, man. Parents are people. Remember last week in my word to parents, one of the things I said that parents tend to do is we, we often thingify our kids. Remember that? I made up a word, thingify. We don't really see our children as actual people made in God's image with a purpose and a plan that belongs to God. We just sort of see them as extensions of ourselves. Well, guess what? It, it works the same way in the opposite direction with, with, with us as children. We rarely ever can even see our parents as people. It's probably got something to do with the fact that when you were born, you know, she was attached to you by a string. And so, therefore, you just always sort of assumed that she just came along, you know, and she was, you know, she's, she's like yours. And, and honestly, it, it sort of works that way. As children, because early on our parents are so very devoted to us, I mean, every time we cry, burp, or poop, you know, man, they're there. And so we just seem to begin to assume that they're there for us. They're there not just to care for us, but to serve our needs. And, and, and that's sort of awesome. It, it really is. And, and so the, the, the temptation for the child, just like for the parent, is, is to not to see the parent as a person. You know, your mother has feelings, but that never really occurs to us, does it? I mean, that your parents have feelings. We say awful things to our parents, we say terrible things. As a matter of fact, we are often nicer to total strangers than we are to our very parents because we really just don't ever think of them as people. 
We, we don't really stop and, and imagine the way that God made them. We, it never crosses our mind that our mothers probably had dreams and aspirations for their lives that had nothing to do, you, you know, with, with washing your jeans or taking you and Cheryl to the mall. You know, your mother was created by God for, for a, a grand and beautiful purpose, and it has a, a whole lot to do with your life, but it's not all about you. Your father is a man created in God's image that God dreamed a dream for his life, and that dream certainly had a whole lot to do with, with taking care of you, but, but certainly it's, it's larger than just you. But, but we forget that our parents somehow just sort of become appendages or, or accessories to our own life. We can hardly imagine their feelings. We can hardly imagine the way they think. We can hardly imagine why they do the things they do. Man, we wonder why in the world our fathers dress so lame. It's not like your dad. Isn't he like the most uncool person in the world? You know, wearing clothes out of the 70s, out of the 80s, you know? Like it's, you know, it's parents' night at school and your dad comes in walking in like fresh prints and you're like, oh, no. Why is he wearing that, you know? You never stop to think about the way your dad wears old clothes so that you can wear new clothes. It never crosses your mind, does it? That your parents wear old clothes so that you can wear new clothes. It never crosses your mind how your mother always somehow magically is no longer hungry when there's only one piece of chicken left on the plate. You understand? You don't even understand the way they're sacrificing for you because they've always sacrificed for you. And they always continue to sacrifice for you. That's what they always do. And that's what they always continue to do. And so that's how you continue to think, that, that they're just there for you. And we don't even acknowledge that they are people. They are people. Your parents are people. Your parents have feelings. Your parents are made in the image of God. And, and their purpose is, goes much larger, much beyond just simply caring for you. Although that is one of their responsibilities, to care for you, to take good care of you. The bottom line is this, you take your parents for granted. I do too. We all do. Uh, and I'm told until they're gone, this is just what we do. It's a blind sort of thing for us. We take our parents for granted. But the problem is you can never fully love or appreciate anyone that you take for granted. You just can't. If you, if you take them for granted, if you just assume that she's there to do what you need her to do, if, if you just assume that if your dad's got money, then you got money, I mean, if you just think like that, then you can never fully appreciate, you can never fully love these people. You, you can't fully love anybody that you take for granted. Does that make sense? Do you, you understand that? Man, when you're a child, some of this makes, we can overlook it. <laughs> But, but most of us grow up and we continue to be like children. Man, I'm a 53-year-old man, y'all, until I walk in my parents' house. And then I'm 13. No joke. I mean, anybody else? I mean, that's just how it is. And sometimes my mother will aggravate me because she talks to me like I'm a child. I say, Mom, quit calling me, you know, quit calling me your baby. I'm a 53-year-old man. You know, I'll tell her that. You know, quit talking to me like I'm a baby. I'm a 53-year-old man. And then the next thing out of my mouth will be, why ain't you got no cookies? Right? Because you know, in her house, like, I don't do this at your house, but in her house, I walk to the cookie jar. I'm trained. I walk to the cookie jar. If there's no cookies, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to burn the house down. But you got no cookies. Okay, 53-year-old man 
Complaining that there ain't no cookies. You understand? Wow, it's one thing when you're a child and you take your parents for granted, but man, we're grown-ups now, but we still don't get it, do we? The problem with this, of course, not being able to fully love or appreciate is that we're actually given a very high obligation toward our parents. It actually is a very, very stiff, stiff word here. Look at it with me. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and, and you will have a, a long life on the earth. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Remember what we said last week about one of the reasons why as, as, as parents we have to really uh, love our children and, and, and make sure that we understand that our children have a, a life to live that, that God himself has dreamed the dream for. It, it, it works the, the, the very same way in reverse here. Your parents aren't just important because of what they mean to you. They're important because of what they mean to God. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Do you see that? Because you belong to the Lord. This fact that we belong to Jesus, the fact that we honor God, it increases our obligation toward our parents. If you look at the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus, you know, there's ten, and so there's typically we divide them in terms of five and five, the, the, first, the first five, the, the second five, something like that. And sometimes the Jews call those the two tables, the first table, the second table. And people will frequently say that that, 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 that first group of commandments, they, they're grouped together because they all refer to God, the Lord God. And you must not take his name in vain. You must honor the Sabbath, keep the Sabbath that the Lord God gives you. You understand? All of these are in reference to God. The last half of the Ten Commandments, they, they're in reference to people. You shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not commit adultery, that, that sort of thing. But, but this commandment of about the parents is right there in the middle. Honor your father and mother is right there in the middle. And of all things, it references the Lord God too. Um, This is the first commandment that comes with a promise that you will live long in the land that the Lord your God gives you. So the interesting thing is this commandment to the parents, to honor your parents is kind of in between in the Ten Commandments, and it falls in there right between all of your duties to God and all of your duties to people. And the way it's phrased, it's almost as if it it's intended to, to refer to both. In other words, honoring your parents is one of the ways that you honor God. And I would go so far as to say that God takes very, very personally the way you treat your parents. He takes that personally because he has given you a higher obligation to honor them, to, to obey them. So what does it mean to honor your parents? What exactly does that mean? Respect, absolutely respect. What else? Obey, of course, the word the Bible uses. What would you say, Jackie? Yeah, to, 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 to treat them well. Yeah. The word honor, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, the word honor that's used here has to do with weighing something. You, you know, we want to know what your mama weighs. That's what we're talking about. Your mama's so big, we're not going to know it's not that... <laughs> has to do with weighing something. In other words, when you talk about honoring, we're talking about trying to understand the, the, the weight, the, the significance, the importance. So when you talk about honoring people, it's to recognize their importance, to recognize their significance. And in your life, 
There's no one more significant than your parents according to God in his commandments. Honor them. Honor them. In other words, you recognize their weight, you recognize their importance, you recognize their significance. Honor your parents. Now, the tricky thing here, though, is because we're all Christians, right? And the New Testament says, among other things, that we should show honor to everybody. Does it not? I mean, the New Testament has all kinds of things, ways that we are instructed to treat other people. And we're supposed to be kind to everybody. We're supposed to be patient. I mean, we're supposed to treat everybody well. Right? So what does it mean to honor parents if we're already honoring everybody? Because I just said that often we're nicer to total strangers than we are to our parents. Now, I would just say it this way. Take everything Jesus tells you about how to treat other people and just apply it double to your parents. How's that? If they're supposed to be worth more, more important, if their opinion is supposed to matter more, if their needs are supposed to matter more, then let's just do it this way. Let's take everything Jesus tells us about how to treat other people and just apply that double toward parents. Play along with me. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Just quickly, turn back. It's just a few pages back. 1 Corinthians 13. This is called the what? The love chapter. Love chapter. Love chapter. Paul says this is a way of life that is better than anything else you can possibly do. This is love. And, and we owe love to everybody. As, as followers of Jesus, we love everybody, absolutely. But, but we're going to apply these things double to parents, right? Let's start in verse 4. Love is patient. Anybody have a mother that just drives them up the wall? Love is patient and kind. If you're going to be patient and kind with everybody, you should be twice as patient and doubly kind. Understand to your parents, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or, verse 5, rude. Man, some of you, the, the, honestly, some of, some of you, the, the way you talk to your mother, the way you talk to your father, love is not irritable. Wow. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Um, that, that's how love acts, and, and that's how the Word of God says we are to act. So if, if we're to do that in relation to everybody, I, I think we do that double with parents. Does that make sense? more patient with them, more kind. Uh, Turn to the book of Galatians chapter 5, just again a couple of pages back. Galatians 5, verse 22. These are the fruit of the Spirit. All of these are relational qualities. This is how the Spirit enables us to live in relationship with other people. If the Spirit gives us these fruit and they're good for strangers, just imagine how powerful these things must be in the lives of of those we really love, those we honor, our parents. Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If, if all of those are qualities of relationship uh, for Christians with everybody else, certainly we should apply those double toward our parents. You understand what I'm saying? 
We, we honor them. They're more important. Our obligation to them is, is, is much greater. We, we show double honor toward them. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. Turn back a little further. Matthew 6, verse 14. Look at what this says. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. We forgive, right? And so we forgive parents too. And if our obligation is always to forgive everybody, then your obligation to forgive your parents is is double. You see what I'm just trying to help you understand? We honor parents. We honor parents. And remember... Family is, uh, in, in some ways, something we, we play a little bit loose with. You know, just everybody that, you know, that, you know, that, that we like. But, you know, my, my friends or my family, we, we say that sort of thing. But I, th- I think there's some things that are more literal here. I, I think that we really are expected to honor our duty to our parents, an obligation that goes from birth until death. I, I think God is serious about that. And I would just say it this way. You're not less obligated to show Jesus' this kind of love to your parents. You're more obligated. More obligated because you belong to the Lord. Because of your special duty to honor them. Okay, I'll answer your question now. It's not everybody's question. Some of us have had amazing parents. My parents are great. Y'all know my folks. I'm blessed. But some of you say, Pastor Tim, I didn't have a mom and dad like yours. I I didn't. I I know you didn't. Some of you didn't. And you say, how in the world am I supposed to honor someone who is not honorable? That's the question for some of you, is it not? Am I supposed to honor her? She was never a mother to me. How am I supposed to honor him? He never cared for me. He never took care of me. I mean, and in some cases, parents actually do harm. It's not that they just fail to care. They, they do harm. Some of you are harmed by your parents. What about that? I know this is hard. I know it gets really, really hard, but let's just be honest here. We belong to the Lord. And, and, and as I've said, you're not less obligated to show Jesus' kind of love to your parents. You're, you're more obligated. And, and it's Jesus' love. It, it comes from him, not from you. So, so whatever miracle has to happen in your life so that you're able to honor your parents Understand, that's a miracle that Jesus is fully capable of working in you. And we're talking about the Jesus who tells us to pray for enemies. So no matter what anybody does to you, I mean, your worst enemy in the world, you're still obligated because of Jesus to to pray for enemies and and to bless those who persecute you. So so honestly, even if you would put your parents in in the category of of the worst, you know, worst enemy in your life, understand even then your obligation is still to show Jesus' kind of love. You you, you would pray for even an enemy. You, You would bless a person who persecutes you. This is just the words of Jesus, is it not? 
Now, there may be situations where boundaries are important, and the Bible addresses those too. I mean, Psalm chapter 1 talks about how we do not necessarily take advice from the ungodly. And if, if your parents are not believers, if they're just not godly, there may be some boundaries you have to put into place. You may not be able to take their uh, adult advice if they're not believers and, and, and they cannot counsel you according to the wisdom of the Lord. Your, your first obligation is always going to be to the Lord God. And there's nothing dishonorable about having appropriate boundaries in your life. If someone is going to physically harm you, there's nothing dishonorable about putting boundaries in place so that they cannot hurt you. Right. You understand? I mean, boundaries are, are, are honorable. And honestly, communication is honorable. Some of the feelings you harbor against your, your parents, you've never said anything to her about it. I mean, the thing that your mother does that drives you nuts, you've never discussed it. He said, oh, Pastor Tim, you can't talk to that woman. When's the last time you tried? Remember, she's a person. What if you talk to her? Communication is honoring. I mean, Gospel Matthew talks about what to do when, when you have an issue with somebody. You don't think that applies to parents, too. You go to them and, and seek some sort of resolution whenever that's possible. I know this is hard. But I'm just saying, you're not, you're not less obligated to show Jesus' kind of love to your parents. You're more obligated. And if you would pray for enemies and bless those who mistreat you, if you're obligated to reconcile with anybody that has an issue against you, do you you must not think that you have less obligation toward your parents. It's hard, isn't it? We define family as a group of people. We say God brings them together. They're bound by a commitment to care for one another from birth to death. Scripture actually has some pretty strong things to say about that. Quickly, turn over to Mark chapter 7, verse 9. Mark chapter 7, verse 9. And I'll tell you what, let's skip that one. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 5. I'll save time. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Verse 8. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's, that's harsh, but it's the word of God. Nothing erases your obligation to, to care for your family. And your parents may have failed you, but honestly, their failure doesn't absolve you of your responsibility to care for them. You, you should care for their basic needs until they die. I mean, it's just what... Paul tells Timothy, people who won't do that, who can't do that, they're, they're worse than unbelievers. But of all things, as hard as this is, and this commandment is, is, is difficult for some of us. At the same time, the, there's a promise attached to this. Did you get that? It's like the first commandment that comes with a promise attached. And what's the promise? It's actually rather simple. But, but, but you honor your father and mother, 
so that uh, it goes well with you. And you'll live long and happy in the land the Lord your God gives you. Do you see that? It's not so much that you're doing them a favor. In the end of this, this is something that, uh, that brings good for you. I mean, you think it's too much to ask, but honestly, the way it turns out, this is uh, the way God intends it. And it really could be that, that some of what's wrong in your life, some of what makes your life not go well, maybe, maybe it's going to go back to this unfinished business you have with these people, the parents. Maybe if you go back and learn how to honor them, maybe things for you will start to go better. It's a first commandment with a promise. Honor your father and mother so things will go well for you in the land the Lord your God has given you. Honor your parents. Pray with me. God, we don't know why some things that should be so easy become so hard. God, we recognize that the family is, is your creation. It's, it's a way of uh, keeping us safe in the world, protecting us when we're vulnerable. It's a way, Lord, of sheltering vulnerable bodies and very, very vulnerable hearts. It is a way of protecting us from loneliness and aloneness. God, you have brought us into families, and we thank you for this blessing. God, we know that since it is intended to be for the blessing and flourishing of the human family, that it is the devil who comes to attack and ruin our families, Lord. He knows that if he can ruin us, Lord, at home, that the wounds that he inflicts are deep and lasting. So, God, help us to recognize the way the enemy works against our families, Lord, and help us to have nothing to do with his schemes. Lord Jesus, because we belong to you, teach us to obey Teach us, Lord, to surrender to the authority of those you've placed over us, Lord. Teach us to honor our mother, honor our father, to care for their needs, Lord, from birth until death. Lord, this is what it means to be a family. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us to love everybody and honor everybody. Help us to be patient and kind and good and faithful and gentle in all of these things. But, Lord, help us in this Life of struggle to love the world and to love everybody, Lord. Help us not to forget to love those you have obligated us to love more than any others. Give us, Lord, fresh love, new patience, goodness, kindness for our parents. And, Lord, those in this house today whose parents are now with you, though not here, Lord, I pray that you would bless those today who remember and try to honor parents who are gone. Lord, some have buried parents with a lot of unspoken things, a lot of unfinished business, Lord, and a sermon like this today can sting. Jesus, I pray that you will bring healing and comfort to every broken heart today, Lord, and help us in all ways to walk from this day forward in faithfulness, obedience, Lord, to you, Lord God. We pray these things in Jesus' name.